remember that shit, Juwan. I remember that shit, just so you know. Don't touch me. Juwan, comments on yesterday, sir. It's the Sleepers podcast. <laughs> uh, wow, is all that I can say. What a weekend. Uh, I'm here. Carter's here. It's Monday morning when we're recording this. We've had less than 24 hours to digest the Juwan Howard incident with Wisconsin coach Greg Gard and the rest of the Wisconsin coaching staff. Um, Michigan State is off a tough loss. We're going to talk about unscripted or we're going to do unscripted and talk about that as well. But uh, yeah, right now we need to talk about the Michigan Wolverines and their head coach cart. So uh, why don't, why don't you start here? How are you doing my friend? Uh, I'm good. Uh, just cause in general, besides the, uh, besides the whole Juwan Wisconsin incident, great day of basketball yesterday, had some overtime and Hinkle good Providence live money line. That was a nice little thing to start the day. Houston pulled it out over double overtime, I think. Uh, so it was a great day of hoops. And then it was marred by just, uh, I was, I mean, I'm shaking even talking about it right now. It was just a, it was the disgusting act by both sides, by both universities. Both universities should be ashamed. There's <laughs> children watching this. There's people growing up that are watching this and are going to be mimicking what those players' actions do. And I have just, I'm, I'm appalled that the Big Ten Conference as a whole has this black eye. And now we have to talk about the Big Ten Conference. And in the back of our head, that image of Juwan taking his mask off and letting Greg Gard know and Greg Gard putting his hands on Juwan is going to be burned and etched into my memory forever. It's tough. So you've, uh, first of all, kudos to you. That's a great sarcastic monologue. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, you've got to be happy that like the timing of this at least has, uh, led to like no one talking about Thomas own Michigan state struggles. That's oh, gotta be oh, the right yeah. side. No, no, I literally sent out that gift of that wrestler. I think it's staying and he's just like sitting like all the way in the top rafters and like the last row, just watching everything burning down beneath. And that's exactly what I was doing to distract from the fact that uh, in the Michigan state game, I believe with nine minutes left in the first half, we had eight total points. So, you know, it, 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 it helps take the sting off of that a bit. So I appreciate Juwan for that. Yeah, that, that's for unscripted. We'll talk uh, in depth about yeah. Michigan State struggles over there. That's where we do Michigan State stuff. Um, first of all, well, I'd we, like to hey, acknowledge Greg, we, we, we do. We, no, we do need your official statement on this as well. I just hope that's coming because we, we do need it. Should I should I get to that off the top? I think we should start with the official statement okay. on how you feel about this. Okay. Um, man, I've I've had to sleep on this a little bit. I uh, I'm not torn. But I, I feel pretty strongly about this in a way that um, I, I guess I might consider I don't feel super comfortable with how strongly I feel the more that I listen and talk to other people because I feel that I may be in the minority for how strongly I feel about it. Um, I, I don't want Jawan Howard to be Michigan's head coach anymore. And I'm, I'm not advocating for him oh. to be fired. Uh, my exact tweet in the moment was Jawan Howard should not be the head coach at Michigan. And then I said it was embarrassing. I, I that's how I feel. Um, I again, I'm not advocating he be fired. I'm not advocating that this is deserving of being fired. I think there was a brawl in the Oral Roberts game on the bench like three days ago. Like this shit happens. Mm. Um, 
like firing would be an overreactionary punishment for this, for sure. I'm saying as a fan, as a Michigan basketball fan, I don't want this guy who had a top five team in the preseason and everyone's just ignored that. I've literally been in arguments all week about how, oh, Juwan's actually done a good coaching job this season if he makes the tournament. <laughs> like, no, he hasn't. Like, preseason stuff does matter when you evaluate how a team does because this team has the talent. It's not that the rankings were totally unjustified. Like, they've got two guys that should go pro this season if they want to. They've got all Big Ten, all-American level guy in Hunter Dickinson. They've got experience in the back. Like, they have talent. And they're in a spot where they've lost so many games they shouldn't lose, so many games they've blown big leads. And I guess, like, when you evaluate what happened in this incident, you obviously have to separate Jawan Howard's performance as a coach in your evaluation of that. But at the same time, as a Michigan basketball fan, this team has no margin for error. This team is on the bubble in the purest form of on the bubble. And what you just did was remove the head coach for the final five games of the season. He's going to be suspended the rest of the regular season. That's what I expect to happen. That's the rumor that we're hearing from the people that we work with. You can do the math on who that is that are plugged in and have sort like he's going to be suspended five games and finish the regular season is fully what I expect. Musa Diabate and Terrence Williams are probably going to miss two games. How do you make the tournament? You're a fight for your life to make the NCAA tournament. In a game, you were up five points with like 17 minutes left. Like this, this was a game. Michigan could have basically sealed their tournament fates and to have it spiral out of control in the win loss column immediately followed by spiraling out of control in this embarrassing way that's now going to affect them for the rest of the season. And honestly, Cart, I don't think they have a chance to make the tournament after this. I truly don't. I, I tweeted another joke because this is content gold. I'm, I'm getting my jokes off. I'm greatly enjoying that side of this. But I tweeted another thing like Phil Martelli, like the 30 for 30 when Martelli takes this team the second weekend is going to be great. Like, yeah, haha. There's no chance this team makes the NCAA tournament. None. Without their head coach, without the power forward, that is the entire reason they're good is because Musa Diabate has come out and played well. It's just a, a jarring lack of a sense of the moment. It's a jarring lack of poise. It's a, a statement that just defines Juwan Howard's tenure as a head coach. And no matter what he does going forward, He's remembered for this incident, no matter what he has done, like in the past, he's remembered for this incident, like, and this isn't the first time either. And I'm not saying like, it, like fire him because he had beef with Mark Turgeon, but like uh, the Mark Turgeon thing happened. Musa Diabate had to be held back in the handshake line at Rutgers. Like <laughs> this is not the first time things have gotten testy and Juwan goes there and again, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with it because I've been trying to listen to more people, right? Like we have our, our, our multiplicity media group chat and there's a lot of uh, awesome minority content people that are part of that company. And I'm a white man at that company. And I'm a white man who's openly saying like the white man was in the right here. He had no fault at all. And the black man's at harm. I don't feel great about that. 
I, like if I'm in the wrong, I want to learn that and I want to understand that. But like I've I've watched the film. I've done the Zapruder film here. I've seen it thousands of times. I've heard the audio. I've seen everything I can see. And Jawan Howard is 100 percent at fault, in my opinion, because if you're a head coach at a division one program, there are non-negotiable things you can't do. And escalating and swiping, whether you call it a punch, whatever you want to call it, like even just the way he handled himself because they called the timeout is just like nonsensically childish. Um, and again, like the counter argument that I've heard is like, well, guard touched him first. Like, have you not watched division one handshake lines? Like coaches usually touch each other. I didn't think Greg guards, quote unquote, grabbing of Juwan Howard's elbow was malicious in any way. Like, and to say like Juwan was trying to blow by him and guard grabbed him and got in front of him, like is wildly ignoring of the context of that moment to me. Like it, the lead up to that was uh, Juwan Howard's pressing with 20 seconds left in the game when Greg guards walk-ons are in the game. Like if you don't want to, if you don't want Greg guard to call a timeout, don't press the game's over. If you just bring your guys back to half court, uh, guard takes the timeout, which he's 100% in his right to do. Juwan throws a hissy fit. Like he's visibly upset on the sidelines. And then the game ends handshake lines initiate. Juwan doesn't make his way to guard. If Juwan wanted to blow by guard in the handshake line, he had every opportunity to do so. He's the first guy. The head coaches are the first guy to go through the handshake line. If you wanted to blow by blow by in the moment, it's done. And instead, he didn't do that. He was like this 15th guy from the Michigan sideline to make his way to guard to the point that the announcers calling the game knew something was wrong. Like in the moment when you can't even watch it, you're hearing the announcers be like, oh, and we have trouble on the Michigan sideline getting through the handshake line. Like what's going to happen with Juwan? Juwan's clearly making this an incident before Greg Gard even comes close to Juwan. And then again, Juwan's saying shit before he gets to guard. He's holding his mask out. He's literally saying, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that. And like, if the expectation is for a head coach that's on the opposite sideline from Juwan to ignore all of that and just let him walk by then, like, fine. But that's an unrealistic expectation. Like we've seen this happen. We've seen confrontations. It always ends with the coaches just jawing at each other and then it's done. And to me, what Greg Gard did in response to that was the expected response. Like if a coach is one visibly upset two talking that shit to you and three trying to storm by you, hell yeah. You get in front of him and say, what the fuck's your problem, man? And I think that's what Greg Gard was trying to do. Jawan immediately after getting lightly touched on his arm, puts two hands under the man's chin and then Wisconsin guys step in and everybody becomes a fool from there. What Krabenhoff did is inexcusable. What Jacoby Neath did throwing a punch that connected on Terrence Williams, one incredibly impressive punch, but two, uh, it like inexcusable Debate and Terrence Williams are idiots for throwing haymakers visibly. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Um, and then, I don't know. It gets more embarrassing from there for me, for Juwan. Like, obviously, he throws the swipe at Krabenhoff, and it, this is tragic at this point. Um, and then he he has time to collect himself. He has 45 minutes before the press conference, goes to the press conference, doesn't apologize, doesn't say he regrets anything, 
says he admires the way his players responded in the moment. Like you, you admire the way two of your players were throwing punches. Like that is not leadership that a division one basketball program needs. And I, again, coming back to my conclusion of all of this as a Michigan fan, I, I don't care that I'm in the minority here. I don't want a man who is that delusional about what his job is to be the head coach at Michigan. And that, that pains me because you know, I've been as high as you can be on Jawan Howard until midway through the season when the results were way worse than I thought they should have been. When he started grabbing the ball in the middle of games, when he just showed like an utter lack of poise that you need to be a division one head coach. Um, I, I don't know how this ends. Like, obviously, if he just flips it around and starts winning a couple of years from now, like whatever, we move on. But like, I'll be honest, I, I'm going to keep sitting in front of a microphone talking about Michigan basketball. I'm going to keep watching games. And I, as a fan, I'm not getting past this for a very long time. Like, I don't know what Juwan will have to do for me to flip and be like, I'm, I'm happy with that man as my head coach because I just, I don't think he has the mental, the emotional stamina to do this job well. Uh, and I, I, I think his ego, quite frankly, is way too fragile and way too big to be a head coach at the highest level. And that's my official statement. Okay. First of all, lot to break down that statement. Uh, I'm going to give you my little counter statement here. And it's going to have a couple different points to it. Uh, first point that I'd like to point out is Michigan fan base as a, as a whole. I just want to point out that the energy is a lot different looking at this Juwan situation. I just remember there are some receipts out there that when Tom Izzo was getting in players' faces, when he was grabbing, you know, grabbing Gay Brown's jersey, when he was getting in the face of Aaron Henry, there was people calling for his head. But yesterday, when Juwan's throwing punches and players are throwing punches, it's, oh, I want to go to war with that man. That's my guy. You know, I'm just saying the energy is a little different. Um, I'm also in the group where, well, I guess I'm not in the group with you on this one, G. Like, I think Juwan being fired is too much, to be honest. I think that, um, I think that like players, co coaches and players alike, uh, deserve to learn from mistakes. Um, I think in this situation, uh, a firing is not warranted. I think in some situations, firings are warranted if there is issues with, I don't know, something so far as like uh, a felony or, you know, sexual misconduct, so, you know, something misconduct in the workplace that's detrimental to people's well-being and health. That's a reason to get, you know, kind of get rid of somebody I think that what Jawan did was extremely stupid. Like, and if Jawan doesn't admit that what he did is stupid, then it is what it is. But um, yeah, I get the whole thing about Jawan wanting to quote unquote defend himself. Like you don't want somebody touching you, but like at the same time, like, no, that's not how, it, that's not how it works. You can't just go, you, you can't just carry yourself however you want when you are in a certain position. He's not hundred percent at fault. Greg Gard could have also let him blow by at the end. I thought like what, per what percent is he at fault though? Uh, like I'm, I'm well, fine saying guard played a role in this, but like, yeah, I, it I feels think it like, like the people it, trying to say guard had involvement or trying to say it's more of like a 50, 50 thing. Like if, if anything, it's like no. 90, 10 to me. 
I think it's like 70, 30, 80, 20, something in that range. Like, yes, I get that Jawan's like throwing hissy fit. And first of all, both of them just had to get into like this, who's got a bigger dick swinging contest at the end of the game for no reason. When you got walk-ons and things on the floor, just let this game end and let it just go to the end and let it be over at that. Like, like you said, Jawan's ego, just being a dickhead, having the press and things like that. It, it may, it causes issues that aren't, that don't have to be caused. And, to me, this all could have been avoided by, first of all, Jawan just doing what he needs to do and not throwing a hissy fit on the sideline, but also even at the point where guard had to stop him and be like, come on, man. Like, obviously, you know, like tensions are running high, things are going on, like take context clues and knows what's going on and just let Jawan pull his mask on, say, I'm remember that shit and like keep it pushing, just get out of like, just, I know it sucks, but just keep it pushing. Yeah, maybe remember I- the next but I, I kind of tweeted this, and again, it's sarcasm. 90% of what I'm tweeting is sarcasm if people haven't picked up on that in the last 24 hours. But, like, so the if you believe Greg Gard is truly, like, a big piece of this or even, like, even uh, not a big, just a piece of this at all, like, you you then are basically saying you expect Greg Gard to have better context clues and better uh, just body language reading of letting a guy blow by him who was late to the handshake line and was talking shit. That's what we want yeah. from Greg Ard. Like if I'm in on that, if the, if the thing is like, Oh, he should have just let Jawan blow by. If Jawan was first in the handshake line, trying to get out of there, then fine. Jawan wasn't trying to get out of there. Jawan was trying to I make understand. a but, fucking but, scene. But, but this is what I'm saying. Like you see how he, you see that he's making a scene. Like I feel like I would, if you flip this, like you see that guards making a scene and guards getting last in line. If I was, if we were switching this, if I was Jawan, I'd be like Jawan. Like I think you should have the like the mental awareness to be like, all right let's just let's go like blow past this like let's not make this a thing it could turn into a big thing this shouldn't have happened in I the guess. first place i guess it makes it just... make this stupid but then you but then you go to the actual situation like if you are defending what joan did then you're just wrong like if anyone's saying like i oh like oh put, you put your hands on me like you do all this like yeah i get joan like one of the assistant coaches like touched one of his players like that's bullshit you shouldn't no assistant coaches or staff members should be touching players during you know any type of altercation or anything like that but it's you know he escalated the situation both coaches had both coaches had a hand at escalating the situation i thought yeah it's just one escalated it a bit more and it was just dumb. And like you said, I think what you said, Greg, is the bigger point in this situation. You are struggling as a team. You have a small margin for error in this season. This is back-to-back games, honestly, where you've made mental errors that could have cost your team wins. And it's going to cost you games moving forward. In the last game, he comes onto the court and touches the ball during the Iowa game. A mental hiccup shouldn't happen. He also, he also got teed up that game. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it, it's 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 you know you can have an ego and you can have that type of stuff, but also if that let, let's look at it this way: if there was a player on Michigan State's team and their ego was affecting like wins and losses, you would expect that player to tighten up his ego, or you would expect him to be able to control his ego to the point where it's not hurting his team. What Jawan did is hurting the University of Michigan because they're not going to have their coach moving forward and they're going to be missing players moving forward. So at the end of the day, just just dumb. Yeah, dumb. I I uh, 
I don't know. I, like a metaphor comes to mind for me of like trying to evaluate like who's actually at fault for how they reacted. Cause you're right. Like there there's fingers to point on both sides. For me, the the Wisconsin side of things, the, the fingers I would primarily point would be Krabenhoft. I, I don't think you should ever touch another team's players in any way as a coach. Yeah. Was, and Wisconsin he, he staff as, Wisconsin staff as a whole. Yeah. I mean, like, the, honestly, they, yeah, like they really escalated the situation and they're like Wisconsin staff members too. Yeah. That everybody on Wisconsin, uh, like was foolish in the way they responded after things started going crazy. Uh, Jacoby Neath, I mean, to me, like, I, I didn't see players throwing punches until Neath landed one. Until he threw um, a, a, a sucker punch, I would add, by the way. Yeah. We, I, I expect him to get a sizable suspension or at least as sizable as Diabate and Williams get. Uh, Brad Davison, our buddy from <laughs> we've interviewed him before. Uh, I mean, hilarious. All he's doing in the come moment. On, come on, we're around. singing varsity. We're singing varsity. Come on. He, he wants to sing varsity so bad. But no, Cart, my metaphor for all this, though, at least like as as guard is involved. Uh, and you know, I'm pretty down on Greg Gard. I think Greg Gard's a, a bad coach who's doing a good job this season. I like making jokes at his expense, but like, uh, <laughs> what comes to mind for me, Cart, I've got a nephew. You know, my nephew, little Cart. His name is Carter. Yeah. Uh, he's six years old. He's really, really big into karate right now. Like he's, he's got his own belt. He's moved up the ranks a little bit. He's got some pretty impressive kicks. Like that's his thing. Okay. So when I wax go, on, wax off. when I yeah. go over to my brother and sister-in-law's house and my nephew is there, like I'm his buddy. I like to play whatever the latest thing is with him. It's been soccer. It's been basketball. It's been golf. Now it's karate. So like, I'll walk up to him, like, hey, like, show me your kicks. Like, let's do some karate. And, like, I'll put my hand out. He'll kick my hand, right? Because I I basically, like, the context of the moment is, like, hey, let's come play karate. Like, show me what you got. Kick my hand. He'll kick my hand. Like, Jawan's reaction to, would remind me of, like, if I just, like, spun around and kicked my nephew because he kicked my hand. And it's like, oh, he did it first. Like, no, he did it first because in the moment I told him, let's go play karate. And I have to expect as an adult that like as his uncle, if I open the door for my nephew to go do something, he's going to do that. Like that's as a division one head basketball coach. If you show up the opposing coach by like visibly being upset on their home court after you just got ran out the building by 20 after pressing with 20 seconds left and then, and you're talking that shit on the way to the handshake line. Of course, the dude's going to try to talk to you about it. And that to me, that's what guard was trying to do. Guard was not trying to swing guard was not trying to make this a fight guard was trying to be like, dude, what the fuck? And Juwan couldn't handle that. And that's what led to a bigger incident, which is just wild to me. Like how, how many times car, how many times do coaches have little beefs like all the time, all the time, it never Mm -hmm. becomes what this became. And the only reason it became what this became is Juwan Howard. And again, if your argument is like, well, guard touched him first, like this, this is division one head coaching basketball. Like if, if you can't handle a coach, like, just literally putting his arms so you can't blow by him, then, like, don't coach. 
That's where I'm at with it. Like that's, that's a nonsensical justification for this. Um, and then, yeah, again, the, the, I'm protecting myself. Really? You were protecting yourself from Turgeon and you're protecting yourself from guard. Like, I don't know. Like, was I protecting myself from my nephew when I kicked him in the face after he kicked me? That's what that feels like to me, Hart. Like, there's nothing to protect yourself from if you're Juwan Howard. What you're protecting is your fragile ego that is the largest thing I've ever seen from a head coach. Yeah, I don't know. In the back of my head, it's like I'm not letting anybody touch me either. But but that you're not know. a Division One head basketball coach. Like, if this is your intramural game, yeah, don't let somebody touch you. Like, if if – anywhere else in life fine like if you're just a guy who's not paid millions of dollars to lead young men <laughs> and not get in altercations then fine but like that's it's what is one of like three things you can't do as a head coach yeah i yeah i don't know it's it's just like a, it's a bad situation all around like you, and then you got both coaches not taking any type of responsibility afterwards too which was just mind-boggling to me like just are are it, this really brings up a bigger issue like are NCAA or basketball coaches egos that like yes that big they're that big that is crazy that you just like it's it's part of the job like you have to like you're like you said you're a leader of young men like you have to carry yourself a certain way you know you can't just go doing things like that so and then yeah, I'm just trying to defend myself. I like the passion and then guard acting like he had no type of and no type of anything to do with anything. It's just, it's bad all the way around. Probably makes it worse, honestly. Like there's probably people looking at that press conference afterwards and probably the Big Ten conference as a whole and be like, these guys don't even care that they did this really. Yeah. I mean, they they, they did themselves no favors with the press conferences. Um, you uh, <laughs> You tweeted out, coach hands rankings do you want to do yeah. those should we do those yeah we have to all I right i think that juan has to be one i haven't seen any other coach throw hands so i guess there's so no there's no other there's no other co- so. has there ever been a situation where coaches have actually like thrown hand like thrown a punch not that i can think of honestly i mean i've we've seen players brawl we've seen like coaches yeah. had to be restrained quote unquote the hold me back but like Mm-hmm. No, that's why this shit's both hilarious and nonsensical for a coach who's trying to make the tournament to do that. Yeah. Shout out to MMA Twitter too as well, like breaking down whether it was a punch or a slap, and it was actually a slap. I don't, yeah, it's <laughs> like a slap. Whatever. But it also like yeah, like, like it, it, people are like, oh no, he just grabbed his head. Like no, it was a, it was a violent gl- grab. Like that's not just like oh, yeah. a, let me reach out and touch your head. Like that shit had to have hurt. Like he landed that shit on Krabenhoff's head. Yeah, like I, can't, I just can't believe he actually threw one. That was funny as hell. But it's crazy. Yeah, I think you have Jawan one. This this is a bigger issue. I don't think Big Ten coaches really have hands. I think it's Jawan one by himself. And I mean, you have a bunch of just Tom Izzo has hands when he's dealing with his own players. So if we count that, like <laughs> two. Tom Izzo, like, also probably has arthritis. Like, he probably can't even make a. He probably can't even make a fist. Uh, last night on After Dark, Doug Gottlieb 
used a prompt like this and he was like, who would have been the most likely big 10 coach to throw a punch? And everybody agreed it was Fran McCaffrey. Oh, that's a hundred percent facts. Fran McCaffrey, Brad Underwood were the top two. I could see either of them just doing stupid shit like that, but I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, I feel like a Fran punch would be a pretty flimsy punch though. I don't know. He gets fired up though. Yeah. Fran's crazy. Brad's the leader of the fake tough guys. So like, I feel like Brad Underwood would be the hold me back guy in that moment. Yeah. I think the worst hands in the big 10 gotta be like Holtman or Mike Woodson. (laughs) (laughs) Like no, no offense, but I just, I feel like if Mike Woodson tried to fight, he'd fall asleep. (laughs) Just saying like, I don't. You're probably right, though. Holdman, Holdman's too happy. Realistically, no one's throwing a punch. Like no, nobody else is swinging on another coach except for Juwan Howard. Ben 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 Johnson's a younger guy, so he's probably active. He's probably got some hands. I wouldn't want to smoke with Ben Johnson. I wouldn't. I yeah, probably McCaffrey, Underwood, Ben Johnson, and clearly Juwan are guys I would not want smoke with. You can't say what you want about Juwan Howard. Sleeper sleeper pig, Danny Manning. Say what, say what you want about Juwan Howard. You cannot uh, question whether or not he will back it up. Like, <laughs> he'll go there. He will very clearly go there. I'm not happy he went there, but he went there. So it is what it is. I'm interested, are, are they, see, I'm interested, I'm interested to see where this goes. Yeah, are they going to make I, the tournament? It, no. Oh, that's toast. Do you think it's directly because of this incident that they missed the tournament? Yeah, like they, they're not. They're going to be without two major rotation players. Yeah, I mean their their entire front court rotation is now, as much as Hunter Dickinson can play, and then forty five minutes of Brandon Johns and Jerron Fault. Oh, the, the Michigan fan base was ho- hoping Brandon Johns threw a punch so bad yesterday. <laughs> can I do one little positive, funny flip on this? Yes, I hope it's funny. Uh. So I've been saying all year, you know this, since the first game of the season, that Michigan's success ultimately comes down to playing Kobe Bufkin 30 minutes on the wing and Caleb Houston at the four. And that's suddenly their only good lineup option. Like yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna yeah, but you're gonna be sick when uh well not gonna be Howard, but Martelli runs out, uh Dickinson falls front court. And they just rock out. What if this saves the season? What if Caleb or what if Kobe Buffkin jumps in to the three and scores like 15 a game? And Juwan it's just like, holy shit, Juwan. Juwan can't coach the year. knows what he's doing. Okay, what we've seen this happen before. It was before my lifetime and your lifetime. Uh, but like we've seen a Michigan coach be relieved of his duties and then the assistant coach take them to a national championship card. What what happens if Phil Martelli takes this team to a Final Four? Is Jawan Howard the coach next year? Yes. Is he? Yes. Yes. Is he? <laughs> yeah, you don't think so? If Martelli takes this group to a Final Four, this group that's on the bubble right now? Like, this group of Jawan's players? Who Jawan is underachieving with? <laughs> like, I don't who know. Who he got there in the first place? I don't know. I, I just... I don't know how this ends for Juwan, man. I, I truly think it more than anything, 
it's going to be a massive inflection point, like leading to a couple years of mediocrity. Like, I don't know. You could flip it and say like recruits, like, oh, you want to have a guy who will really actually fight for you. Like everybody says they'll fight for you. This dude will fight for you. But like, if I'm a parent, do I want my kid going to Michigan right now? Like if I'm Musa Diabate's mom, am I not just like, dude, you just ruined my kid's draft stock? Like, did Juwan do that though? I mean, it, I think he played Musa's a major been, part. In it. Musa has been ready to scrap all year. <laughs> he has. If been. we're being honest, like Musa has been waiting for that moment. Yeah, he had to be held back in the Rutgers line. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just like I. I really do think that's going to hurt Musa very much come NBA draft time. I think he was going to be a first round pick. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Um, this might mean year two Musa for you though. It might. Juwan's playing. Juwan's playing chess. Why y'all playing checkers? <laughs> He knows that he knows how to get his guys back, get them suspended. They'll come back. You know why Brandon Johns didn't throw any punches? Why? He would have missed them all. That's all. That's it. That's it. I mean, he just he can't connect, man. He, he would just miss. Um, all right. Well, if nothing, it was an entertaining Sunday of college basketball. We will see where this goes. Uh, there will be news. I'm sure of the length of this suspension this week, we will continue to monitor the situation and uh, I'm sure we'll be back to talk more about it. We'll probably do a Spotify green room on this at some point. Uh, quick things. We did our dimers. Uh, well, actually, no, it wasn't dimers. We just did a sleepers little Saturday pick them that 122 people entered. We sent out uh, co-winners. We sent, a hat and $50 each to the two winners who pick nine out of 10 games correctly. We'll do that every Saturday, the rest of the season. So please continue to enter, spread the word so other people can get involved as well. Uh, we're going to have some fun versions of that planned for conference championship week as well. I'm going to be on site at the big 10 tournament all week. So that's going to be really fun. And yeah, we'll have more exciting things upcoming. A dimers bracket challenge will also be coming. Uh, working on trying to get one or two more co-sponsors for that event so we can up the prize pool a little bit. But Dimers has given us some some money that we can use for winners who pick the best bracket. So stay tuned. We'll probably announce that March 1st. We love the folks at Dimers. Dimers.com slash sleepers where you can find free bets, deposit matches, etc. Car, we are about to talk to Kentucky star Kellen Grady. And we didn't even talk about Kentucky leading up to this because Jawan Howard wanted to throw punches. Yeah, so blame Jawan for us not laying the stage for this, but definitely excited to get Kellen on. Big game Saturday against uh, Alabama. And, you know, this Kentucky team is dangerous. We talked about it on this podcast. We think they're a team that is primed to make a Final Four. Some might even say the best chance to make a Final Four in the SEC. And that is even over Auburn. So, I'd be excited to see this Kentucky team fully healthy, but uh, yeah, great time to get Kellen on here and uh, kind of gives a little insight into Kentucky men's basketball. You taking Kentucky or Auburn in the NCAA tournament? Who goes further? Kentucky. You think Kentucky's the best team in the country when healthy? Because I do. <laughs> I really do. You're, I think they're in, you're on Gonzaga, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm on I'm on Gonzaga still, but I think that this Kentucky team, fully healthy, which would be nice to see because we've rarely seen it this year, can be dangerous. So 
I'm taking Kentucky. I'll put it. I'll put it out there. I've been on this for a couple of weeks now. I think when healthy, Kentucky is the best team in the country. I think all of their losses include a hobbled Ty Ty Washington. Uh, and honestly, Cart, we're going to talk to him, but like maybe Kellen Grady needs a little bit bigger of a role. Maybe he needs the ball in his hands a little more because my okay. God, that man went like Davidson mode, but times three. He's got that ability. And guard play matters in March. Just saying. Not many guards in the country I'd rather have than Kellen Grady or Ty Ty Washington or Severe Wheeler, for that fact. Uh, so, yeah, we uh, let's get to it. Let's get to it. This is our interview with Kentucky guard Kellen Grady. All right, we have a great guest today. We have Kentucky's own Kellen Grady, fresh off a massive performance in their win against Alabama. 25 points, seven for nine from three. Kellen, thank you so much for doing this, man. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. I'm glad to be here with you guys. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, we're, we're glad that we were able to kind of preset this up and get you coming off a win as well and coming off a big game. And so my first question has to be, I'm a dude, I played basketball before, but I've never ever been on a scoring run or had a scoring outburst like you had. What's it feel like when you're in that moment in those games and it seems like you can't miss and everything's going in? It's a lot of fun, especially when you're at home um, and you, you get to feed off the energy of, of a place like Rupp Arena. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun. The, the, the basket can seemingly seem like, feel like the ocean. And, you know, it, once you get in the groove and uh, credit to my teammates for, for creating opportunities for me to get shots. And, um, you know, I'm just fortunate I was able to make a lot of them. So ultimate team guy, as you can see, giving credit to the teammates. I love to hear that. But at the same time, we got to be honest and we have to acknowledge you were without a couple pretty critical teammates here without your, your back cart or back court, uh, co guys, uh, Ty Ty Washington, severe Wheeler. Um, how did that change the mentality for you in this game? Like, did you go into this game thinking, okay, like I got to hunt my shot a little bit more. Uh, I think naturally I thought I would need to be, um, a little more aggressive and I would have the ball more. Um, but I tried not to get concerned and, and thinking, you know, I got to go for 20 tonight or, or um, tonight has to be my night. I figured, like I said, naturally the, the ball would be in my hands more and I have some more opportunities. And then you know, when you kind of embrace that reality, you kind of hope that things take care of themselves. And I think that's what, that's what happened for us. And we were, you know, we were down our two lead guard. So a bunch of guys had to step up and it wasn't just me, you know, Jacob, Keon, Davion, Oscar, the guys that played the majority of our minutes, they all step up and had a part in, in, in that win. Definitely. And so you mentioned guys like Oscar, uh, you yourself coming from the transfer portal, the transfer portals, you know, crazy, as you may know, in college basketball in today's world. And it seems that other teams have been getting transfers and they haven't been able to gel and come together as well as guys on, you know, Kentucky basketball. What do you kind of attribute that to? Is that just your ability to uh, be able to play extremely well with other guys? Is there something that Coach Cal and the staff is doing to kind of make all these new pieces gel together so well? Uh, I think a combination of both. You know, it, it's it's a tough feat when you bring 
together a bunch of guys from different schools who were all kind of the man at, at, at their respective uh, schools before. Um, but, you know, we, we, we got here in June. We, we started doing a lot of uh, 4-0 and 5-0 uh, stuff in, in workouts and in practice. And, and, and the whole purpose of it was to to simulate ways that we're going to actually play once the season comes around. And, and we've been working at that. We've been doing full court drills and, and, and running uh, consistently since since June. So that's that's why you, you guys see how successful we are playing at the pace we play at. Um, and then we got a selfless group. Um, I mean, we're, we're one of the top five teams in the country and we, you know, it can be anybody's night. We've got, we've got Oscar who's, you know, I think around 15, 16 a game, but the rest of us are all within that uh, 10 to 12 a game. And, and one, one night, you know, one guy can have 20 and then there's a lot of nights where we all collectively pitch in and, and we're all completely content and happy with that. Um, and I think when egos aren't involved and, and the common purpose is winning and sharing the ball together, uh, good things tend to happen. And that's uh, fortunately for us with what has happened. So I, I got to ask, obviously, you were a star at Davidson. Um, I, I think college basketball fans like us were well aware of, of your game and how fun you were to watch at that program. What's it like? you know, spending, spending a couple seasons there, having the success you did. And then all of a sudden you're hit with an opportunity where, where John Calipari is recruiting you. Like, is that sort of an out of body type experience? Like what, what's that process? Like when Cal picks up the phone and, and says, Hey, I want you at Kentucky. Uh, it was, it was pretty uh, surreal the day I answered the transfer portal and, um, just a, a ton of schools that didn't recruit me out of high school were now uh, very excited about the potential uh, of coaching me. Um, so I'd be lying if, if it didn't, if I didn't have a moment where I just kind of sat there and, and was a bit proud of myself and, and realized uh, the company that, uh, that I'm in now. But, um, you know, I had a, a great four years at Davidson. I, I was able to graduate and get my degree. They don't have grad school. Um, so people oftentimes ask me what it was like leaving Davidson, but uh, I didn't exactly leave Davidson. You know, I graduated and moved on. And with the COVID rule, I decided that I wanted to play a fifth year and, and try to do it at the highest level against the best players every day in practice. And, 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 and then once the season came around, the same exact thing, playing in the SEC. So I'm glad Coach Kyle gave me the chance. And, and uh, this has ultimately been one of the best decisions I've ever made, I think, so. I'm happy about it. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, fun to watch y'all, watch you personally hoop this year at Kentucky. Uh, I got to ask, though, so, you know, Shaden Sharp, it's a guy that we haven't been able to see on the floor yet, and I kind of want to know an insight of what's it like watching him in practice because just watching him in warm-ups is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. What's it like, you know, being able to – uh, get in the gym with him, get better with him, and kind of see him practice with y'all. And how uh, how's he looking? He's uber talented and uh, incredibly athletic and explosive, and um, you know all the hype around him is is completely warranted. And he's gonna he's a star in the making. You know, uh, practice now that we're at the latter half of the SEC and. and pushing March almost, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of 5-1-0 stuff and, and practices 
more maintenance and, and going over plays and going over the other team's plays. So we're not getting up and down a bunch anymore. And, but, uh, you know, you, you still see the the ability and the, and, and the potential. So I'm excited to see how things all unfold for him down the road. And, uh, you know, he's going to be going to be a great player. I'm, I'm sure you're cool with the five on oh stuff because I know you got a lot of practices, a lot of a lot of basketball games under the belt. You got to make sure you keep, you know, keep, yeah, the, leg, nah, keep we, the legs fresh, man. Plus, I'm old, so we can keep it. We can keep it like that. I don't need to be, there ain't no need to be going five on five, in my opinion, though. So I'm good, I'm good with it. So we uh we had Auburn's Wendell Green on here about a month ago now. And this was shortly after uh, you guys had had wrapped your game with them after, uh, I believe it was Oscar had a quote in the post game about he, you guys hope you see them again because you, you feel strongly that, you know, Kentucky is the best team there. Uh, in, in the week since, I'll be honest, at the time, I kind of like, I, I didn't know what to make of that. I'm like, damn, that's, that, that's quite a quote. And then I've really kept watching you guys. And over the last two weeks, I've been adamant. I think when you guys are fully healthy, you are the best team in the country. Um, so, like, obviously, Auburn, Auburn's very good. Um, what's, what's, what's your take on the Auburn-Kentucky rivalry this year and, and if you might see him again? Uh, I mean, I second what Oscar says. I, I, Oscar said, excuse me, I hope we do see him again. Um, you know, I'm not – I don't like to get into the – uh, you know, over-focusing on one opponent and the potential of playing one opponent and beating one opponent again. Um, but I will say that I think when we're at full strength, uh, it's very hard to beat us. We're a versatile team with a lot of options. Um, and we showed, I, mean, I know it was only about 10 minutes, but we were playing really well against Auburn when we were up, when we had our, our, our full team. And fortunately, a couple of guys went down, but uh, we still had opportunities to win that game. And... Um, you know, we're, we're excited about the, the opportunity of potentially playing them again. So um, that's what I'll say about that. Yeah, I de- well, I definitely think just as, you know, myself and Greg were college, ba- college basketball fans as a whole. Yes. The streets, as we like to say, need to see that rematch. Like, <laughs> we need it. We yeah. need that. We need it. And I have a feeling we'll get it, too. I'm uh, I'm knocking on wood over here, but you guys are too good to not find a way to to find each other, whether it's in the SEC tournament, whether it's in the NCAA tournament. I have a feeling you will cross paths again. Uh, I'm going to leave you with with one half kidding question, but the I don't know if you saw this. The big news over the weekend of college basketball was uh, the the altercation between Juwan Howard and uh, the, the Wisconsin coaching staff. We're Michigan guys. So we're obviously talking a lot about this. I'm not going to ask you your thoughts on, on that incident, but you're a guy who's now played for, for two, I would say, wildly different stylistic coaches personality-wise. My question to you between Bob McKillop and Coach Cal, who would have more hands if they needed to throw down? Who, who would be the guy you feel more confident in potentially winning a fight? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know... Coach McKillop has a lot of Queens, New York City toughness about him. He grew up in Queens. His dad was a police officer. I know he used to, you know, he used to always brag about um, playing at the park and all those things. So I think he's got some toughness to him, but so does Cal. So because I have a, the utmost respect for both of those guys and I'm in good spirits with both of them, I'm going to, uh, if I may, I'm going to decline to answer this. 
That's fair. That's, okay. that, that, that's, com- that's, that, that's completely that's completely okay. I appreciate the insight into the the playing for Bob McKillop though, and you know, I, yeah. but it, it it's it's a it's a fun scenario to think of, but I don't think anybody even wants to see that any any type yeah. of fight yeah. hands happening between those two coaches anyway. So let's let's keep things cordial around the college basketball right. world. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, all right, Callan, this was really fun, man. Thank you so much for making time for us. Uh, we love watching you. Good luck the rest of the season. And uh, I know you'll, you'll be doing big things down the stretch here. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate it. That was fun. Thank Have you. a good Appreciate one. You.